lot of people out there realize that I'm a little bit hyper, a little bit different, and a little bit the same at the same time. What did I say? It doesn't really matter because we're talking big steel cage match where nothing makes sense. Labyrinth, come in. Ladies and gentlemen, what you're about to witness is no illusion. And now we got the bass banging from head to Buckingham Palace. They're all moving. Hello and welcome to This is Brendan 117 with Sarah Robert Smith, aka Renva. She's a mother, pro wrestler, Twitch creator, and author. This was recorded over Instagram Live, which you can find at Holden Pro in the archives if you want to watch the video. On June 10th, 2021, so about 13 months ago, unfortunately I got a little backlog. I realized that I can't do everything I want to do. So, just catching up on all that. You can find Sarah on Instagram at Sarah Robert smith 222 and twitter at renva1515 find her book why she chose life on amazon link down below in the description find her on twitch at barista sarah222 youtube at youtube.com slash user slash sarah mills s-a-r-a-h-m-e-l-e-s and tiktok at at wrestling mama of boys this was a great conversation Sarah opened up so much in this conversation, uh, and I, I'm i turning 30 at the end of this year. I do not have children, but I love, I respect every parent out there that's still in their fucking child's life. So hearing, and you actually hear it, the, um, the disadvantages and the challenges of having a child in the background. So I hope you enjoy this conversation, and I hope you find Sarah's journey inspirational and you uh go and look at all of her stuff have a good day everybody enjoy this conversation i predict an earthquake up in here say yeah i predict an earthquake up in here cause we throw bombs on it throw bombs on it just smash something yes much for me hey yes and uh, some death matches. What's up, Sarah? Hey, how are you? I'm great. Yourself? Good. Actually, that, that was a lie. Like, eh, mentally, eh, a little bit here, but I'm great talking to you. I've just felt like an endorphin rush from that, at least. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, how have you? Uh, how have you been this past year and a half? Um. Okay, I guess it's it's been up and down. <laughs> to be honest, it's been pretty up and down. <laughs> so I, uh, you, this is going to be a great conversation for me for the fact of like, it's a completely different perspective and different experiences from the pandemic for A, I literally wrote down author, mother and wrestling trainee. So that's going to be like the pivot points. And uh, I've not published anything, let alone, has your second book been pub uh, published yet? Uh, not yet. I've been kind of, um, like, writer's block, I guess. Uh, I haven't been working in as much as I kind of should, and I've been streaming a lot, so I've been playing video games more <laughs> instead of uh, writing, kind of. So. Hey, but that's good for the fact of, like, it's not like you're doing nothing. You're just replacing creativity with another creative force, and yeah, your writer's block is there, but it's not like you're just staring at the dam. You're going like, well, whatever. When that opens up, it opens up, but I'm going to enjoy a picnic over here off to the side. Like, that yeah. is, that's more than just dwelling on that and just not getting out of bed. But So, like, don't put pressure on yourself for that because the fact that there is a second book and you publish one during the pandemic. So, uh, yeah. I want to start with... Uh, Let's we'll get to the book stuff soon, but the fact of uh, let's get into Sarah. Let's uh, drop into me of like where you are before the age of ten. Where I was before the age of ten? Yeah, like where where are you living? Like what kind of like what are what's fun things that little six year old Sarah is doing or trouble you're getting into? Um, I lived in Campbellford. It's like this really small town. There wasn't a whole lot around us. Um, we mostly were just outside all the time, wrestling all the time with my brother and his friends, watching wrestling. And then 
like just just being crazy kids outside all the time like we're barely inside so we were just we were crazy outside with our friends all the time and i just i just don't remember having a friggin care in the world <laughs> just playing outside so were you guys just like because i'm guessing you're surrounded by boys so you end up becoming the uh and in the comment section they asked is uh campbellford near trenton yes it's like 30 minutes from trenton it's funny i don't know where any of these fucking places are uh uh yeah but but when you say like you're wrestling and stuff are you just like kids playing around or did you see wrestling and you're imitating it we saw wrestling we imitated it or it was more like my brother and his friends using yeah. me and jessica as the dummies to <laughs> do the wrestling moves i remember they did the the dudley brothers i think yeah. it was they they had that move and uh, one on each side yeah they did it over the side of the couch i thought i broke my back like <laughs> they were crazy and they would do that type of stuff they'd use me and jessica as like these just these dummies that they could just do whatever with like so how many siblings did you have uh i have an older brother aaron and then there's me then i have my younger sister jessica and my younger brother tyler uh uh so definitely the younger siblings are being used as a crash test dummy when tyler comes around though is it like oh you're our new uh our new wrestling buddy uh it yeah kind of tyler's 10 years younger than me so like by the time i was 10 then he came along and then by the time i was like kind of a teenager it got to that point where we could like wrestle him around and stuff and like <laughs> pick on him it was his turn <laughs> it's it's a good version of the cycle of abuse it's just playing with you a little rougher than uh anything else it's like well it's, it's hand-me-down roughness yes except now it's backfired because tyler is like six foot something and he's like a football player type body figure and he and whenever i go to visit him aaron and tyler gang up on me so it's just like it's it's like i'm right back to where i was i just like <laughs> so what were some like nerdy things you were into when you were younger of like books or whatever because especially if you're a writer like you are creative enough so like go into little sarah like when she when she's alone and finding her own way into imagination um i always loved reading i was reading all the time i was writing short stories all the time Come on, buddy. um i was writing short stories to tell my sister and because we shared a room so i tell her short stories like scary stories before we went to bed every night oh so you just, just wanted like, to fuck with your younger sister yeah yeah <laughs> she, but she liked it she asked for me to tell her stories all the time so she she liked it it was she liked it <laughs> uh what kind of books were you reading like what genres um I read like everything. I remember one of the first books that I read that I absolutely loved with was August 44. And it was about this. It had like a side sort of buddy. Can you please stop doing that? <laughs> My youngest is like turning the door handle. I don't know if you can hear that just like over and over again. Yes. Yes. Okay. You have to ask Brandon. Well, then there's none left, buddy. He's okay. So this is what they do. Brandon is down there with them. Yeah. And he'll be sitting doing absolutely nothing. But I'll be like going pee, taking a bath, doing something. And they'll yeah. come and talk to me and ask me. <laughs> they'll ask me to to help them. I'm like, guys, like I'm in the bath. Brandon's right there. Why don't you ask him? Like <laughs> They're like, Mommy, I think you know the answer and he doesn't, and we don't want to make him feel dumb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm like oh god guys but yeah that's that's the parenting side of of things they've just uh brandon's there and like they'll play with him and stuff but anytime they need anything even if it's a drink of water they'll come upstairs and they'll ask me and it's like brandon's sitting there you know like literally sitting there doing nothing you could ask him but he, he's like a like, younger no. brother to them he, he, he's just like their pet dog yes yes <laughs> exactly yeah they they get into a lot of shenanigans they uh he does crazy stuff we do like the cave 
the cave searching and he takes them with us and we just like go all these crazy adventures and the kids are like i don't want to do this because it's like so far like walking and stuff Let, let's talk let's detour for a second and talk about these cave things because i was talking to brendan about this a couple months ago and did the motherfucker almost die yeah okay so he goes in this cave and like the air, like, there's no air in there. And he's, like, comes out throwing up. And I'm, like, what are you doing? And he's, like, I'm going to come back here with hard body. I'm, like, why? Like, you know you can't breathe in there. Why would you do it? He's, like, I'll wear a mask this time. It's okay. So him and hard body go into this freaking cave together. He tells me where it is. And he's, like, if you don't hear from me at this time, then you know to call. So I'm, like, really? I hate. He's done that to me a few times. Like, he went with someone else. Uh at the Laura Gorge and it was raining. And he's like, if you don't hear from us, then you, you should probably call someone. I'm like, I don't like those messages. You should <laughs> probably call someone. You should probably, I'm like, okay, well, I don't really like that, but all right, stay safe. <laughs> uh, I, uh, man, free beard is a fucking experience. I, uh, I, I wish like there was like a 24 seven camera on him. Just like <laughs> you hear his internal monologue because like, Besides, if he has an issue with someone, he'll deal with it. So most of the time, his thoughts aren't, like, dwelling on these situations. But it would be yeah. like, oh, look at that field. If I, was, if I was a horse, I'd run through that field. Oh, I can run through that field right now. I can picture him just pulling off the road, running through a field and going, yeah, ran through that field. He is, like, the most yep. wholesome person I think I know. Yeah, that's that's exactly what he does. We just went to Marmara to visit my dad. And he's, like, going, trying to find a cave. <laughs> like the entrance of the cave and we're walking through water in our shoes because he thought that it wouldn't be that bad. He's got rubber boots, but like, so me and the kids, I posted a picture. We're just walking in the water with our shoes, getting soaked, eaten alive by bugs. And the kids are like scared because there's like weird crap everywhere. And he's like, isn't this cool? Look at all these. There's like hundreds of tadpoles swimming in this like very shallow, like, pond and he's like look at this guys isn't this cool and they're like freaking out they're like oh my god what are these like he's like whatever this is cool this is cool come look at this look at this it's like oh my god oh my gosh so uh when you're like a teenager are you getting into trouble or are you good at school or are you one of those people that are good in school and getting in trouble um School was kind of like, I like school, but I was picked on so bad that like I was dubbed the quietest kid in school. Like I didn't talk at all to anybody. And then, so I just kind of stuck to myself. I did get in trouble here and there. Like there's a few times like where I'd get grounded for a month because I decided to leave at 2 a.m. with my friend to go to the water tower because we couldn't sleep. And my mom caught us and she's like, I don't know what you're thinking, but you're grounded for 30 days. And it's like, okay. <laughs> but like, I didn't do anything crazy. I didn't like go out to parties all the time. Um, I, I'm guessing uh, in that area also, it was uh, less house parties and more like barn raises or like a random <laughs> thing on fire in a field. Yeah, yeah. There's a, yeah, there's some pretty crazy parties that, that would go on at the... The, in the country houses and stuff i didn't really go to them because i was like quiet and i kind of stuck to myself i wasn't friends with the popular kids and then i guess like the one thing that i don't know if you consider trouble or not like i was a good kid but i did get pregnant at the beginning of grade 12 or uh got pregnant in grade 11 had him at the beginning of grade 12 so it's like if you consider that getting into trouble <laughs> <laughs> a little bit a little bit of trouble but uh a little bit you you haven't like because i've known you while you've had the children and it's never been a like a disadvantage or like an excuse for you or stuff like yeah there is the chore of it and like you don't get the flexibility but i never see it as like an anchor for you of like you still pursue, you're still, it's not like a excuse for you being miserable, which is my, my mom didn't have me while she was that young, but I'm still a, I could tell I was a chore for her life of just like, oh, you're just mm, a little, be a little more uh, self-conscious in there. But uh, with, uh, but so going in school though, I'm like, because I'm weird about high school also. I've, I've recently been thinking back and there was a lot of time that, 
from around the age of 10, 11, like right before finishing grade eight until I was like 16, 17, I was pretty much just silent. I, everything was blamed on me. I had no friends. I switched schools. I wasn't bullied, but I was fat. So like, I felt like I would be a target, but it was just a whole bunch of stuff that, and a lot of stuff is in your head too, which fucks you up. So like, I can totally yeah. relate. I can relate with all of those, uh, all those feelings of being quiet. But uh, when did you, cause I've, I don't know where Campbellford is, but I know where Kitchener Waterloo is. So like, where, where did the transition of the move in your life take place? Um, so after I had Teo, I, I, I want to point out too that when you said like, I don't use it kind of like as an excuse to hold me back and stuff. I did graduate that year with my class. I went to school two, two weeks after I had him. I went back to school. I'm like, I'm not going to be a statistic. Well, like, you yeah. know, the teenage statistics where it's like, you know, they don't graduate, they drop out and they become like whatever. I'm like, I'm not doing that. So I graduated. I was going to take a year off. Um, me and Teo's dad had separated and then I met my ex and then we stayed together. And this is like part of the, the transition is when I met him and about a year in, it became, that's when it became really kind of toxic and abusive. So the reason why I ended up here was because I was given an ultimatum that I had to choose a place near Guelph to move. And I only had a month to do it or else he's, he was going to take the kids and like leave me. So I heard of Waterloo. I was looking up houses, found this house in Waterloo. I had never been to Waterloo before ever, never even seen the house. I just had to choose it and like say, okay, we'll take it. And then the day we moved here was the first day I'd ever been here before. But at least that even shows like the personality of you. Like I've, I've said, like, I think I'm the type of person that if I ever had an unplanned pregnancy, no matter what I'm doing, the next, my mental goes, okay, I guess I, now I'm going to have three part-time jobs and I'm going to, like, try to take care of this kid because that's my responsibility. And it's one thing for me to think of, like, oh, if I'm in that situation, but the fact that you were in these situations and you didn't just uh, wash your hands of it, that a lot of people actually do. And the, I was talking to someone recently and we both have a mutual story of like a parent saying something that never should be said. And like, we are trained like, oh, people are good that they're not gonna do that. But you having that, you having the, the courage in yourself to fucking do that, that's super brave. And like, even like, thanks for sharing that. And if anything is too personal, do not feel obligated to say any of it. Uh, it's okay to like pass or just like deal with it on your own. But uh, so how long ago did that move take place? And then what were some struggles from moving to like, I'm guessing Waterloo's a little more of a bigger city. Yeah. So um, that happened six years ago. Now it, it was, uh, it, it happened. I had just gotten pregnant for Landon and then we had moved. And I think the biggest struggle was um, I like I wasn't allowed to tell anyone. The only person that I was allowed to tell was my mom and everybody else, like and one friend that like a close friend and that that I had known. But everyone in my family didn't even know that I was moving. So like I was making this big move from like Camelford to Waterloo, which is like two and a half, three hours. Yeah. And I wasn't allowed to tell anybody. It was stressful. It was like, and also I was kind of nervous because change for me is hard, even if it's good change. It can be the best change and I'll be happy about it, but it's still hard and it's kind of scary and it's you adjusting, right? Like you need that adjusting period. So I think that was just for me, that change and leaving my hometown that I had lived like my entire life and then going to a big city which I was excited about because there's more opportunity here which I was excited about but it's just it was the whole transition and trying to adjust and then just not being able to talk to anybody was like a big thing that uh 
explaining like change is hard is definitely one of the things of me just like something I've been thinking about recently of just like everything that stays comfortable is why stuff doesn't change. It's because it's scary. It's terrifying. It's yeah. It's staying with the devil you know versus the devil you don't know. But most of the time, it is the devil you don't know that's better. And it is, I feel like that's the thing of, I have a weird theory that before 1980, every like mental health thing, like something caused that thing or there's a, an imbalance in your head. But then before 1980, it's okay, what do you have? And then after 1980, it's very much, okay, what don't you have? And yeah. uh, when it comes to mental health struggles, and I think that's one of the things of in the former or the latter of that, of being born after 1980, we are in this weird, like time, not time period, but we are stuck in this where it's, we don't think the grass is greener on the other side. We think we're never going to get out of this pit we're in. And if we do anything, yeah. it's going to suck us back in. It's just weird. Like, this is an uninformed theory. This is why I like talking to my friends and talking different perspectives of, I think just the wording of that, I never hear anyone within a decade of my age bring up the metaphor, the grass is greener on the other side. But it's yeah. everyone being afraid to stand up for themselves or change. And the phrase of, well, that's the way it is. Shit doesn't have to be that way. But like, you moving that far for a bigger city and like even bringing up what were some of the opportunities that you were interested in, in being a bigger city? Um, I had still wanted to go to school. So that was a big thing for me. And I thought there's public transit here. Um, there's more schools here. There is just like, I thought a bigger place that there just in general would be like, I didn't even know what it was. I just knew that there would be more opportunity for something. Even if it wasn't exactly what I was looking for, like I knew about the school and, and that, but I just, I knew something else was there. I just, I just like, there's got to be something there. It's a bigger town. Something has to come of it that we can like, where we, I can go somewhere. Whereas in Campbellford, I felt kind of stuck, I guess, just cause like it was so small, there wasn't really anything there. So I was glad to move. I wasn't glad under the circumstances that I moved, but at the end of the day, I am happy that I moved here because there's a lot of things, positive things that came out of it. Uh, what are some of the uh, positives uh, that came out of it? Um, one big positive is that I broke up with my ex. <laughs> That's like a very big one. That, and that was a big, huge stepping stone to me opening up to like the entire world because I was so enclosed and like locked in a cage, I guess is kind of like a better way to explain it. I felt like there's nothing, there was no light at the end of the tunnel for me. I was just stuck. And once he was gone, it's like I, I met amazing people. I found out about wrestling. I was able to work on my writing. I was able to actually be myself and do what I wanted to do and figure out what I wanted to do. Because, like, we're always learning about ourselves, right? So, like, I didn't even know everything I wanted to do, but I was allowed to explore and figure that out. Whereas when I was with him, I wasn't allowed to do that. That's uh, that's just crazy when like other people have effects on such good people that uh, I'm I'm super excited especially like your ex is your ex and a very good friend of mine Freebeard is the current so it's uh, that's why I'm excited <laughs> about that and like he isn't I just said he's one of the most wholesome people I know that for the fact of that means he is the furthest thing from a piece of shit. Uh, that I'm very happy that you found him, but uh, you found him because of wrestling. How did you find like live wrestling and then also crossbody? Um, so I had always thought because I was in Campbellford, there's we only knew about like WWF, mm -hmm. like growing up, that's what we watched. And like when I moved here and I met one of my friends, um, he introduced me 
And he's like, you know, there's like local promotions and indie wrestling. I'm like, what is that? Like, I never heard of it in my entire life. And I was like, so we booked to go see um, PWA in Cambridge. And as soon as I had seen that live show, it was a Halloween show. And it's, I know a lot of people remember it for that table not breaking. Uh. <laughs> so I'm like watching and the whole like as soon as I left the show I was like I need to do this I don't know what it was like I had never wanted to do something so badly in my entire life like growing up I like we watched it on TV I never thought like oh I can do that like it's you know you're on TV it's like big yeah. like thing right like I never even never even crossed my mind but then when I saw the local promotions and I saw that show and I was like, holy crap. And then I found out about, he told me crossbody train people. And I was like, no friggin' way. Like I moved to a city that trains people how to wrestle. So then I messaged Ben, um, just kind of asking him some questions. And then within the year I was training at crossbody. And what people don't know. And I do know it's, you're not bad. People haven't seen you wrestle yet, but you're not bad. Uh, there's <laughs> even uh, the artwork for this episode features a. Uh, we're, I don't want to spoil it because when it comes in full swing later on, but uh, there's there's a work in progress on the pro wrestling side of Sarah that I'm excited about. But uh, let's let's shuffle over to the writing side of when did you know you wanted to write, and then what was the process of I'm gonna write, oh, I found something that I'm, because as someone that's kind of creatively inclined myself, it's finding something that you're not, you don't think is complete crap. And you're like, this is suitable enough that for my first try, I'll put it out there. And then getting that published of break down that whole thing. And then also like when you are, cause right now you're experiencing writer's block. And I think we've mutually like, I've posted a photo of a book or you've posted it and it's like, the journal or writing prompts sort of thing. So like talking yep. about that side too of like your, cause I don't even know what the fuck to call I, Well, yeah, writer's prompts books. So like bring up <laughs> that for people that don't know what it is and like some of your favorite memories that came out of that. Um. Okay, so the whole, I'm gonna, okay, my ex comes up a lot because it's a big part of my life and it's your my dream yeah. of everything. And like, I am now an open book. I published this book, which dives pretty deeply into some pretty, you know, dark, deep stuff. So like, I am now at the point that it's out there. He also put a lot of stuff out there that was false. So I thought, you know, like it's, it's already there. If people have questions, I've had people message me asking me questions and I was fully prepared for that. I was like, I'm putting it out there. So now it's like, I'm an open book. People can ask me anything and I'm hoping that more good, positive things come from it, I guess. Like if they have anything they need to ask to help them. And I've had people message me thanking me and saying that it has helped them, which is the whole point of me choosing this book first, because I wanted to help other people. So I always wanted to write books. I always, like around 10 to 12, I got like really serious about writing kind of short stories and then thinking I want to do this. Like if one day I'm going to see my books in bookstores. Like that's what I like kind of dreamed. And then as I got older and after I finished high school, I started really working on writing books. I'd sit there with all my notebooks. I'd be jotting down everything, writing out the books by hand because I didn't have a computer. Um, and then when I got with, when I first got with my ex, hi buddy. Okay, well, Brandon's downstairs. You gotta go to him, buddy. <laughs> You weren't kidding. <laughs> no, yeah, this is this is like all the time. Like I've been asked, Brandon's like, "Oh yeah, okay, guys, let's go watch a movie so your mom can do this." <laughs> oh God. Um, but uh, when I first started dating my ex, he seemed very supportive. Like the first few months, so he's like, "Oh, that's that's awesome that you want to do that. I like that about you that you have goals," and kind of said that he would help me with with things because he was good with kind of like graphic design and that so he seemed very encouraging mm -hmm. but then 
like a few months in, it seemed to be like, you're wasting your time. It's not worth it. There's a bunch of writers out there. Like you're not ever going to go anywhere with it. It's stupid. It's like nonsense. Like it just constantly putting me down to the point that like, I just like, I stopped writing for a long time because it just, every time I'd sit down to write, it'd be him starting a fight and like, what are you writing? Like, you really think it's going to go anywhere? Like it's, you're not going to be anything type of thing. So I stopped writing. And then when we broke up, it was like, that's when I started diving back into all the stuff that I used to love. Like wrestling was one of them. He thought it was stupid. So I stopped watching it. I stopped writing. I stopped doing a lot of things just because he thought it was stupid. So I picked writing back up when we broke up. And then I started writing journal entries near the end of the breakup and after just to help me cope with it because it was so bad. Um, cause we had lived together two to three months after we broke up because like he just wouldn't leave. And we, I didn't have the option to leave cause I wasn't talking to anyone at that. I had kind of like severed connections because of him. Like I wasn't allowed talking to people. So we are stuck and that is kind of what my book is based on the last few months together, because I feel it was the worst. Like that's, that was the worst with the emotional, physical abuse, like everything. And uh, I started writing these diary entries that I was going to turn into the book. And then it just, after we broke up, it just became this huge project and it became something completely different. Mm -hmm. And I just kept writing and I was writing every, like almost every day working on this book. Like it was on my mind all the time because I was like living it. Yeah. And it was kind of therapeutic, I guess, to write it. So. I just, I kept working on it and then I got into wrestling and it slowed it down a little bit just because I was like, so into like, I had like working out and being at the gym and helping out with shows and just kind of base my life around wrestling for a little bit there, <laughs> which I really miss. But, um, and then COVID hit and then I'm like, I need to finish this because I saw it sitting on my desk. And then I just worked on it nonstop, nonstop. And then I finally finished. And there's a little bit of doubt for a little bit. Um, I wasn't sure what would happen if he found out I had published it. Um, I don't like his name's not in it mm -hmm. specifically to not like, I guess, get myself in yeah. trouble. And I did change a lot of things in the book just to be like on the safe side. Buddy, you gotta go downstairs, okay? <laughs> um, but uh, after I kind of just pushed it out, just because there had already been so much done that I was like, "What? What could possibly happen? Like, the worst has been done." Yeah. So I'm like, "Whatever." I'm like, "If it can help one person, then it was worth it." So I just published it, went through with it. Uh, I published it in December and I have not regretted it since. <laughs> so that's awesome. Um, super congratulations for that. Uh, what's up, Skullmaster, in the chat? Uh, also, because uh, I normally try to get some plugs in at the beginning too, and we got sidetracked just because, like, we're friends and we caught up for a second there. But, like, yeah, that's okay. <laughs> for anyone who doesn't know, uh, what is the title of your book and where can they find it? Uh, it's Why She Chose Life, and it is on Amazon, and it's also on Kindle. Um, you can get it on Kindle Unlimited for free if you have the Unlimited. But this is, I, I got the book in front of me. I got the cover. <laughs> and uh, so we, we kind of dance around it because uh, I reached out to you a couple months ago to just, like, check in, be like, hey, what's up? And then also, like, I try to schedule you on the podcast because, like, this is great. Like, even in the chat the the conversation we're having is so much it's not much different from conversations i have with different people but it is in the context of different life experiences and we can all relate to with each other and share where uh ezekiel in the chat he can actually relate to the toxic relationships and him quitting what he loved doing so like these talks are important to have and uh that the reason for publishing that book of like if it it's a reason beyond yourself, which is always a greater reason to have. But uh, 
because that first book is real personal, can you go into a little details on the second book and uh, where that goes along? And then also, like, where where is Sarah's, like, writing career in 10 years? What, what in your ideal scenario would you like to be writing or producing? Um, so the next book that is almost done is called uh, A Tale of Three Brothers. And it's kind of, it's the book after this one, but it's more, um, so it's kind of like based in the future of like how that kind of environment affected them as like they're older. Um, but it also has like many like all the flashbacks all the memories all the dreams that they have are all real events that they had to go through mm. so it's kind of like telling their side of the story okay. plus showing kind of like a future look at what their life could have been if things ended up the way they could have like in the mm. book i can't like i don't want to spoil too much in case that no one's like no, no. read it but um so this one's been a little bit harder for me to write because um you're picturing like, worst case it's, scenarios it's it's the worst case scenarios but it's also reliving what they had to go through which i find is worse like i had to deal with a lot of stuff but that's me and i'm an adult and i can handle that i am like you know but having to rewrite and remember things that they had to go through is it just it makes it harder which is also part of the reason why this book has taken a little bit longer um just because it sometimes like i'll be writing it and i'll be like okay i need to take a break because it's like you've met my second oldest brayden he has selective mutism and that's due to the abuse uh -huh. from his father Okay. so that's why he's so quiet and like when he opens up like when he started talking to jimbo like i wanted to cry i was so excited and i like because you're not supposed to make a big deal out of it because it might make him close so i'm just sitting there in the back i'm looking jimbo's looking at me because he knows it's a big deal and he's trying not to freak yeah, out so we're Jimbo's both not good at no selling yeah so like we're both looking at each other like holy crap holy shit he's like i know i know and we're like after he came and talked to me and i was just like it was just amazing and i found that wrestling also it wasn't just a big thing for me but it was a big thing for the kids because brayden opened up so like he's like a completely different kid like he'd be yelling in the crowd like jimbo jimbo or like no boo and like he'd be yelling Whereas, like, he never would have done that before. But he was opening up, and I found that the wrestling was such a big positive thing in their life. Like, it really, I am so appreciative of of it, like, 100%. So I, I want you to go down that rabbit hole for the fact that the, uh, the next book is based off of your children and their experiences. And, like, thank you, once again, thank you so fucking much. I can tell how, like, this fucking the, these are real feelings these aren't imaginative thoughts and i'm now becoming a firm believer that like every step along the way it is that one out of ten of the people that stand up for themselves and leave that relationship one out of a hundred actually one out of a hundred people start writing that book one out of a thousand actually finish that fucking book one in ten thousand actually publish it that like seeing all these things and as a as a public person i feel like anything that's harder for you and it's not easy it'll pay off in the long run if you're more vulnerable people will appreciate you more and see it and like it will resonate with them because this is fucking real so like thank yeah. you so much for all of that uh but i want you to go a little bit uh, a little mom mode right now tell me about okay. like the little quirks and how much you love all your children because i've mentioned you're a mom we've kind of uh in the background we've heard uh the children but like right now just go off praising your kids and then also like your mom they're they're young boys if any annoyances are in there or whatever just like gush about your children for as long as you want they are honestly like like i always said to like they are my life 
because they literally like my whole life is around them and people are like well they can't be your life and I'm like but they are like I know that I'm a person outside of being a mom mm -hmm. and it took me a little bit of time to figure that out so I was kind of just literally stuck it as a mom but you grow to find that you can also be your own person yeah. but like I still like they're like my heart and soul like walking around and it's like terrifying but it's like the most rewarding thing in the like ever is to watch them grow up and figure things out and learn and like just watching i one of my favorite things is when they're babies from like i'd say eight months to a year and a half <laughs> specifically <laughs> that time for all of them is my favorite because you get to watch their their face light up as they're figuring things out in life as they're trying to learn and you see that like light bulb moment in their head when they figure something out and like how much they're focusing on something to figure it out and it's like i just i always love that part because i'm watching them just learning and growing as people and growing into completely different people like they were all raised very kind of similar like I was the same with all of them very I'm a very like affectionate person with them I wasn't so much like growing up it was more um like my dad would put us in a headlock and like give us a noogie or like give us a punch or like that's kind of how we were growing up yeah. but I I tell them all day and like i love you guys and I'll, I'll like give them lots of kisses and hugs and like smother them and uh like it just that it just that was my favorite with them and seeing them grow into different people and just no matter how similar you raise them they're their own person and that is my favorite thing is watching them go in all these different directions and seeing how they're like teo he's gonna be 14 in september which is like insane like he's going into high school and just seeing kind of like how he has grown into this like sarcastic ass teenager and <laughs> he's super funny but he's a pain in my ass like he doesn't listen to half the shit i say <laughs> I know that's like teenager stuff, yeah. but he's so friggin' funny. He sends me jokes all the time. He's like into like this like dark humor, like terrible dark humor. And I'm like, oh my god, Taylor, like that is that's horrible, but it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but I can now like watch like South Park with him, or like Brandon watches South Park with him, and we can like do that stuff with him. Yeah. Watch scary. I love being able to watch scary movies with him. We we watch like all the Friday the Thirteenth with him, me, Brandon, and Teo, and like all that, which is super fun. Has he experienced something that he thought he was adult enough for and not yet where he either got like nightmares or got real terrified when he watched it? Or has he been coaxed into it pretty well? Um, he's been doing really well the last year or so. I remember like two years ago, him and his friend wanted to watch, what was it? It's this movie where that girl was stuck on the island with the shark swimming around her. Or whatever her name was yeah so she's like stuck on that little rock with this shark that kept like eating whoever was like coming near her and <laughs> that movie scared the shit out of <laughs> Teo and Ethan like they were so scared and then they saw the it movie me and uh Teo and Ethan and his mom we all like took them because Teo wanted to see it for his birthday uh -huh. and I it scared the shit out of them like, I mean, we were watching them, me and Candace, and we were looking at each other, trying not to die laughing because they were so scared, but they really wanted to see it. <laughs> so, like, oh my God. Like, it, it was so funny to see. He, he handled it pretty well. I think it was only like a day or two that really he was like, I don't really like this. But then he was like, he got over it and he was okay. <laughs> Are you sure? Have you seen him uh, around clowns recently? <laughs> no he's he's been i mean he does have like he it seems like he's kind of like in his emo stage right now like he, everyone goes through that stage yeah. like i'm watching him go through the stages that i did growing up at this like 
it's so weird <laughs> and funny but like he's right now he's all into like like hell of a boss and he's like kind of into that like type of stuff like he'll like write satan stuff everywhere which like freaks my mom out because she's like all like about god now all of a sudden she wasn't before but um all white women find their way back to god yeah yeah (laughs) they're like i'm getting too close 100 now i gotta go somewhere yeah yeah so i was like all right all right and we joke around and he jokes around with her he he purposely like just pokes at her with the stuff so but he's been so that's kind of like what he's into right now is kind of like that stuff and he he's like in his emo stage and like we try to you know just not bother him too much because i'm like i know when my parents kind of dabbled too much in our personal stuff it just made it worse and it was weird and i don't want it to be weird for him i just want him to be like comfortable enough he can talk to me about anything yeah but like i'll i'll give him his space like if like you know i don't want to be like intruding too much um and then uh, you naturally hit the boot there (laughs) uh, i what you naturally slid in the a boot oh the canadian (laughs) accent hit real hard oh my okay so when i'm streaming people are always like they put in chat like where are you from but then before i can answer they're like never mind you said out or about i know you're canadian now i was like what It's like, what are you talking about? I feel like I say out and about the same way. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. But I'm like, all right. (laughs) Or when I say A, they're like, yeah, she's Canadian. I'm like, okay. (laughs) Uh, So I I almost forgot because I actually did have the note there for the video games. But uh, that's tail. Explain the other two and uh, go down of uh, continuing this mom mode. Because it's amazing to watch someone so proud of their children. It's it's adorable. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i like yeah i i can't say how much like i love the and like over the COVID, it's been like sometimes I'll, i will be like i'm stressed out because uh, like i'm literally with them 24 7. like it's just all the time it's like i don't have my own personal space brandon goes to work and so, <laughs> so like he gets out but I, I understand it's work but he still gets away from it whereas i'm in the middle of it doing online school with all three of them and landon like he's five and he's in kindergarten this isn't how they're supposed to learn they're supposed to be doing play-based learning going to different centers playing where now he's being forced to sit in front of a computer and it's like it's so hard like to watch him struggle because I get frustrated, but I know like, I try and remember like, this isn't easy for him either. Like, this is not how he's supposed to be learning. So sometimes I'll just message his teacher and I'll be like, I'm sorry, Landon is not gonna be in class today, but I'll send her a picture of what we're doing. And I'll take him outside and have this big whiteboard and I'll show him different words and he'll write them down. He'll sound them out, he'll spell them. So I do it outside. So he can get some sun, he can be around, he can kind of walk around instead of sitting one spot. So I kind of do, Landon, he's he's more of the rambunctious kind of wild child out of all of them, I would say. He's, he's definitely wild and crazy. And he picks up on everything. He's like a, a little sponge and like, I love it. And he's so funny, but at times like, if he doesn't get what he wants, I don't know where he's picked it up, but he gives me the middle finger all the time <laughs> where he'll just like flip me the bird. And I'm like, Landon, don't do that. And he's like, fine. Then I hate you. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> all right. So, and I'm going to say the first time that the kids said that they hated me, it was Teo when he was like two and I cried for like a week. Yeah. Now when they say they hate me, I'm like, whatever. I'm like, you can hate me, but I love you. And that just pisses him off. But I mean, <laughs> it doesn't bug me as much because I'm like, this is just, they don't mean it. They don't know how to process their emotions. They're just angry and they're like, you know, if you, if you don't give them like a second bowl of ice cream, well, I hate you. And it's like, okay. <laughs> like, that's okay, whatever. But he's, uh, yeah, he's picked up some some things and playing Fortnite especially he'll be playing Fortnite and I'll hear him swear and I have to turn Fortnite off 
because other kids are swearing. Yep. There's like, yeah, nine-year-old swearing on Fortnite, like F this, F that. And I'm like, okay, you guys have to like mute all the other people or else you can't play. <laughs> See, I, I retold a story recently of, uh, I can't, it was way before video games and online video games, but like I definitely in grade four taught the other kids, hey, because I'm a Stone Cold fan, so one of my favorite tapes growing up was Austin 316 Uncensored, so I, I got a crash course in language that would get me in trouble, but I told the kids, hey, you're not going to go to prison if you say this, but because I realized <laughs> this last week of little eight-year-old Brendan being like, yeah, you're not going to go to jail, so it's not that bad. You still get sent to the office. And then that's where, like, the rules versus laws come into play of, like, it's not illegal, but you are you are going to get punished in this school system or whatever from a yeah. parent. So uh, it's very funny now because this is why I enjoy talking to people of different perspectives. I can only remember nine-year-old me in 2001, whereas I'm like, well, what are kids... How are kids learning how to swear now? It's like, oh, A, they're playing a video game with people my age or older. Or B, they're watching all the content I'm watching now, but I'm just enjoying it. Like, okay, that's the language versus I'm going like, I never hear people say this word. Like, I I have the same moment when, uh, before I got comfortable of it in books in the last few years. But every time there's like a swear word in a book when you're in like grade eight English or you're reading like <laughs> The Outsiders or something and it's like, yeah, you're like, wait a minute, they're swearing. It's like this big secret, even though the book was assigned to the class. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh my gosh, it's it's insane. And like, well, the kids around this area too, they're very, like, they're all like seventy eight year olds running around saying like the worst stuff you could possibly hear. And I'm like, holy crap! Like, I remember swearing as a kid, but like the level of swearing yeah. and like at the age it's insane now. And I'm trying to wrap my head around it because I'm like, I, I like, I can't even like tail will be like, when can I swear mom? I'm like, I don't know. And he's like, what about when I'm 16? I'm like, nah, and he's like 18. I'm like, nah, he's like, well, when can I swear? I'm like, I don't know. Tail. Not until you like, you're done college. And he's like, Oh, <laughs> like no i just like you could you could swear later i'm like worry about other stuff go read or, or, or do something don't worry about swearing don't worry about like girlfriends just just go do something else <laughs> uh we, we got a whole little uh swearing conversation going on in the chat but uh the the weird story i had for uh, uh my dad once put soap in my mouth at my nana's and like we never really had bar soap at home or like i never got in trouble for it at home but at my nana's it was like easter or something and uh, or it was just a sunday afternoon and he put the soap in my mouth and i just remember the moment of half the bar of soap is in my mouth because i'm a child and i'm looking up at him and he's looking down at me and neither of us knows what happens next we just know like you wash out someone's mouth with soap if they swear okay brendan don't swear and i swore get taken to the washroom bar of soap in my mouth both of us just looking at each other going like i forgot the rest of the match bro call it in the <laughs> yeah yeah i know i didn't swear when i was younger because we definitely like me and my brother would do this thing where we he'd say the first part of the word and then i'd say the second so he'd be like Shh, and then i'd be like it and we like do that and my mom would get so pissed yeah. off because we'd be like well we're not swearing exactly and then like we'd still get kind of in trouble yeah. or <laughs> you know like sent to our room and be like you're not allowed swearing or something my mom hated was that in ace ventura when they're like doing the do and they're playing that song in the jungle so we would sing that all the time because of that like i guess that scene in the movie so my mom would be like i knew exactly why your guy's singing it so she would send us to our room because she knew that we were singing because they were like having sex or whatever mm. so we get in trouble for stupid stuff like that but like not like anything crazy like i mean you know <laughs> I still remember, like, goddamn kind of being a swear word. Or, like, yes. saying, oh, my God. And, like, I've I've been, like, non-religious since, like, grade five, since my report card in grade five, six, seven, and eight, because I was at a Catholic elementary school, all said, uh, religion's, like, a 51%. He understands what's written, but not how to use it in a day-to-day -day life. And more so <laughs> an atheist now. I'm like, yeah, 
But if in math I knew how it works and I didn't know where I would use it, I wouldn't get a 51. I'd get like a 90. Like, it's this whole weird thing. But uh, I'm so happy and scared of when I do have a child that I'm happy I don't have it currently because I am not prepared. I am a child myself. And then... (laughs) I'm very scared. I'm I'm trying to put that off. Uh, I'll have a kid in my 40s if I make it that long. Like, yeah, that's <laughs> But uh, have you, where did your interest in video games come along? Was that recent or is it playing with like, because you're just surrounded by testosterone all the time. Yes, yes. I, well, growing up again, like I, growing up, I was, we played PlayStation. Like me and my brother and my sister, we would play games. I remember playing Diablo and Ultima Online on the computer hours of that shit. I thought like, you were going to go like Crash Bandicoot, Spyro. You just went fucking hard with the video game titles. Yeah. Okay. So, yes, we, we played Crash Bandicoot and like all that other stuff. But like the biggest memory I had was playing Diablo like all hours of the night and also playing ultima online with my sister and like we just lived on the computer for a little bit during that time like we non-stop played and this was during the time where it's like get off the internet i need to use the phone Mm -hmm. so like we any chance we got we were on the internet like we used to cover the um the modem with pillows at night after my parents went to sleep because it made that and like the friggin' loud ass connecting. So we cover yep. with pillows so that we could go on at like midnight while my parents were sleeping just to play these damn games. And it was like, and if they came, we just quickly switch off the monitor and like run to the basement, like, and just sit there in the stairway until they like went back to bed. Oh my God. And that's, that's where it kind of like started like the gaming. And again, I liked to game, but with my ex, it's like I wasn't allowed to do a lot of shit. So I had to stop everything. You're not allowed to be happy. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to do anything because like everything I liked doing was just stupid. So it was like, okay, I guess won't do it anymore. Or like, oh, you're a mom. Grow up. You can't do this. You're a mom. You can't act this way. You're that's immature. Like you need to act like a civilized person that I heard that one a lot because I grew up in Campbellford. So I was always associated with growing up in a hick town with no mannerisms. So it's like I had to learn and learn to be in society as a proper member of society type of thing. Like that's always what was drilled in my head. Like, so when he was gone, uh, we didn't have anything. He took everything like the PlayStation though, whatever. So me and the kids went to the game store up the street and we bought a PlayStation one and I bought all the fucking like the WWF game. I, I bought uh crash. I bought Spyro. I brought like, a bunch of games that I used to play when I was younger and we just played that all the time the kids loved it and then I got out of video games a little bit after that and then I'd play with Brandon we beat all the halos together and then um what else did we play and then we played the forest together so I kind of got more into it because of Brandon I guess because we play video games together and we were beating all these games and then my brother said he was streaming games on Twitch and then I saw that like everyone was getting Twitch it's like Ben's getting Twitch and I'm like what is Twitch so I went on it and I saw my brother playing these games so I was like well it's COVID I injured myself I can't wrestle I can't really do a whole lot right now I'm like I'm gonna try video games again and then I started streaming layers of fear. And then after I beat that, I got into like Dead by Daylight and all these other games. And I just started like getting hardcore into them. So <laughs> you play all the games that I won't play and not because I'm not good at them. That is one of the reasons, but because I'm terrified of them. Yeah, I like I playing layers of fear. I literally almost punched myself in the face from a jump scare. <laughs> like. Is there like, a video I, of you nearly punching yourself? There actually, I think there is. And I, I clipped it and then I did that like recording, that screen recorder. I don't really know how to work it, but <laughs> I will find it and I will post it on Facebook. It is like and I get scared all the time playing these games. It's like 
it's me time. It relaxes me, but it's like anxiety induced relaxation is what I call it. Because <laughs> it's like you're constantly in a state of anxiety playing these games, but it's so fun. And I get to play with my family. Like I play with my cousin. I get to play with my friends. I've got this whole community now called the Coffee Bean Gang. That's what, like, I'm Aww. Queen Coffee. Aww. So, like, that's what they call me whenever they follow me. They're now my new coffee beans. So, like, <laughs> it's, like, it's, it's been good. And, like, I've had a really good positive experience with it. And it's been something to take my mind off of, I guess, like, things that are out of my control things that i can't do right now because of COVID, and it's yeah. been really helpful well uh i very much enjoyed this conversation i can't wait to talk to you in person see the kids running around uh tail just being a very strong 14 year old <laughs> that like every now and then when i think of teenagers i'm just like when you're 10, you think you're hot shit because you see a six-year-old when you're 14 you think you're hot shit because you see a 12 year old and it's like Yep. No, you're all fucking children. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but uh, you did mention Twitch. Uh, let's start there for your plugs. And once again, where they can find your book. And lastly, what's like a song that pumps you up either when you're having a down day or like when you're about to get to work, you're like, okay, this is what I'm going to play. Oh, that's that one's a weird one because I listen to just the most random music ever like just random shit but lately a really big one i don't know why it is it's just always stuck in my head and you like people a, you don't need a reason for your music because my <laughs> music taste is completely shit so that's like no matter what you probably have better music taste than me so don't feel don't like self-deprecate <laughs> your music taste if it's sound waves that you enjoy fuck yeah so uh what's the song <laughs> Okay, the one song that's been like way in there lately is Candy Shop by 50 Cent. No, you, you're laughing at, that's a fucking banger. Like that is not, I've been going down a, a Spotify has a playlist called BBE, Bad Bitch Energy. And it is a yeah. whole bunch of just black women rapping. And there's two types. There's either a whiny voice or like a thug voice. And the thing is, though, the things they talk about, they get me going. I get very excited as a man when I'm hearing these these things. So you listen, Candy Shop, that got me excited as a fucking boy. So <laughs> you do not need to defend Candy Shop. You just say Candy Shop. I thought you were going to say Candyman by Christina Aguilera. Also a That's... decent enough song, but uh, that yeah. is a banger of a song. Do not feel... Uh, who was it featuring? Was it Olivia? I think so. I can't even remember. Yeah, I think so. Cause like I have, I have the sound alert on Twitch and that's what people will come in and play to like hype me up that or can't touch this. And I'll just like, I have to stop whatever I'm doing and I have to sing along and dance to it where like I'll be in a game and they'll like play it and they like expect me. They know that I'm just going to stop what I'm doing and I'm going to fucking sing the shit out of it <laughs> and dance. <laughs> Because it's like, oh, I, I just love it. And it gets me, like, so hyped up. It gets everyone else hyped up. So it's, like, it's super fun. And where can I find you on Twitch? Uh, my page is Sarah R. Smith, 222. And uh, anywhere else where they can find you? And one more plug for the book again. Um, trying to think. Honestly, I have... So part of my process of kind of COVID and trying to like figure myself out during this time and what will help make me happy and keep me sane is I've literally taken all my social media and put it in a folder in my phone called toxic media. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And We've all gone through the phase of putting the folder with social media. It's the brave ones that have either deleted the apps or deleted the profiles that those are the heroes. Yes. I mean, I don't, I don't delete it just because I do like having contact. I do like seeing the positive, like someone posting pictures or even like the stuff that you post. I like seeing that. I like seeing like my friends posting pictures of their kids. So I'll literally just like, I'll scroll through it for a minute and then I'm off. I'm like, if you see me now, like I usually only post like things when we go out on a walk or memories. I don't really post anything anymore. I'm not really on it. I, I so I scroll through Facebook. Um, 
I'm on Instagram a little bit, and then I'm on, honestly, I'm on Twitter and Discord more than anything else. <laughs> I do not understand Discord at all. But uh, once again, the book is Why She Chose Life, available on Amazon and Kindle. And if you have Kindle Unlimited, it's already included in that bundle, I believe yes. you said. Awesome. Yes. Uh, I can't wait. And you can also, via Amazon, order the the print copy of it. So like that, I can't wait to... I now have, I'm starting a collection of my friends that have printed a book and signed it. So I can't wait till when we hang out again, I can have the book to have you sign it. But uh, yes. thank you for being <laughs> incredibly fucking open. Thank you for always being a, even when I don't know if you, you noticed it, but just you being in the, like the venue of like seeing your love with your children, that just sends a positive energy there and like, once again, like I, I've told you multiple times, I've rolled around in the ring with you. You're not bad. So I can't wait until uh, there's a lot of wrestling in the area that I can't wait till it kicks back in because the fans in the area are going to see something very interesting. And uh, just give them a, a little teaser of what the name is going to be because they're seeing the photo of this and I don't want to describe the photo, but give them a teaser of the name. Yeah, so I am going with the Viking Freya <laughs> as my wrestling gimmick, and I'm super excited for a bit there. I got a little bit down because I injured myself in September when we were wrestling. We came back for a very small time, and I was so pissed off that, like, <laughs> when we came back, I hurt myself. But then we went back into lockdown, so it's like, I I took this time and I'm like, okay, it's like I'm not missing a bunch of things right now anyways because things are closed. I, it's not like I can wrestle. So I'm like, I'll just take this time and I'll get my knee fixed up. I'll get it better. It's getting better all the time. Like even from last week, it's like it's so much better. I can still tell it's it, it will never be the same, but it will be it will be okay. I'll get I'll get it there. Hell yeah. I, I can't wait. Uh, stay safe, Sarah. I hope you have a great day. Uh, and tell the kids and Freebeard I said hello. I will. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a great day, too. Have a great one. You too.